y'all stand this morning as we worship together? Oh, it chases 
lost my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior
Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank You for goodness and grace. We thank You that we can gather and worship this morning. That we can do so in spirit and in truth. That we can gather to worship You and You alone because You and You alone are worthy. God, help us not to be tempted to worship another. But God, keep our focus on You. God, forgive us where we have failed You. God, we, we know that our sin is against You. God, we pray for forgiveness. We pray that You would help us as we repent and turn from that sin. God, we thank You for the grace You've given us that our sin is covered by the power of Christ. God, I pray that You would lead us, guide us in the days ahead. God, that we would be found worthy of our calling. That we would be faithful. God, we would never, God, we would never settle for something less, but God, we would fulfill, God, the calling that You've placed in our life. That we would go and make disciples both here in Eichert and around the world. God, let us never lose hope or be discouraged though the times may be difficult. Help us to rest in You and trust in You. God, I pray that You would just give us hope in the midst of all darkness. God, I pray that as our land has been torn apart by virus and by strife, God, that You would just allow Your church, help Your church, God, to reach out to a world in need and be light in the darkness. God, I pray for Your Word as it goes forth this morning. We believe and we trust that it will not return void. God, I pray that you would work in the midst of those who are gathered here. God, maybe one who is lost would be saved. God, one who is struggling would be healed and comforted. God, I pray that you would work in the midst of your people this morning as we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Jesus, I surrender. 
this morning that that would be not just words in a song, but this morning we have come to truly surrender everything. Father God, the pride, the willful disobedience, Father God, the, the patterned sin that Kenny was talking about, the, the things that are preventing us from truly being at one with you, Father God, and truly worshiping you in spirit and with a holy fear. Father God, this morning we pray that you would break down all the things that are preventing us from living the life that you've called us for, that you would help your words to infuse into our lives and that we would leave here changed people. Father God, we pray that you would just empower the pastor, Father God, that you would give him boldness to preach your word unashamedly and that his words would just be a straight conduit from you. Father God, that you would use him today to speak truth into our lives. Father God, we recognize that it was so long ago that, that you sacrificed for us, but that powerful act still, still impacts us daily. And yet so often we don't live as though it does. So Father God, forgive us where we live mediocre lives when we should be living lives that glorify you with every breath we take. Father God, let us be worthy of giving your name, Father God. Let us be worthy of the sacrifice that you made for us. This morning, Father God, we just worship you, we praise you, and we thank you so much for all that you do for us daily and what you did for us so long ago. It's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Uh, I don't know why he keeps doing this to me, because I don't want to be up here. That's all I can tell you. I bought fish since Wednesday. Uh, something come over Wednesday. I've debated it all week. 
where I was supposed to come up and talk to y'all or not talk to y'all. Pastor, thank you for trusting me and letting me have my time when you give it to me. I don't know how many of y'all, I hear this all the time, well, Pastor Michael won't let you do this, well, Pastor Michael won't let you do it. You know how many times I ask to come up here? None. I just tell him to hold on a minute. And I come and he's never stopped me. And I don't know if I'm preaching what I'm supposed to, talking about what I'm supposed to be talking about or not talking about what I'm supposed to be talking about. Lord God, the Holy Spirit got a hold of me Wednesday morning. And uh, I had to work in Nashville with uh, Boone this week. And uh, when I went up to work in Boone this week, uh, take my quiet time riding. It's a long ride to get to Boone, about an hour and 20 minutes. And uh, it come over me Wednesday morning. And yeah, I was afraid. The more I prayed, the louder I was getting. Next thing I knew, I was yelling in my car, praying. I never do that. I asked God if this was something I was supposed to talk about or not supposed to talk about. I didn't know what was going on. I've been praying for it all week. Hadn't had no more signs much. I think God does this to me so I won't be prepared for what's about to happen. Kenny gets up here this morning. He's talking about the change in your heart. Then he calls me out. And he's just smiling at me very here. And then uh, and I, that's one sign. And then the songs that sings another sign. I don't know how many of y'all felt it this morning. And I don't know if y'all are supposed to feel it yet or not, but the Holy Spirit's been all over me. I about fell down back there a while ago. I got so weak and I'm standing up here shaking right now. The Spirit is here if you just open up your heart and listen to the Spirit. I'm going to, I don't know if this will work or not because it wasn't planned. I'm going to see if it will. I hope it will. If it don't, I'll get through it another way. There's a song out here. And it applies so much to America today, it ain't funny. And I'm going to try to play it, and I'm going to hold this mic, and I hope y'all can hear it. And I don't know if I'll play it all or what, but I'm going to play part of it. Uh, uh, hold on, we got, it, we got a commercial here. We, we get past these two commercials, we'll get on what I want to talk about today. Church on Sunday was still the 
All right, guys, you heard the song. It's got to start right here, and it's got to start right now with the children of Christ. Are you the child of Christ? Are you not the child of Christ? Is your heart open for the child of Christ? I want to, I want to just give you so many things that's in this thing that, we're, that the Christians are in today, not just our church, but Christians all over. We want our coffee in the lobby. Well, we get ours in the CLC. Do you come to church to fellowship and get your coffee? Say hey to everybody and that's it? Or do you come prepared to talk to God? We get a worship on the screen. We got a screen too. We got a rock star preacher. Well, he may not rock star. He's in a band. He's been in a band. But he's a good preacher. Do y'all follow him? Do you listen to his word? We want our dreams in our pockets. How many of you keep your dreams in your pockets? You know what that means? You want to take your dreams with you everywhere you go. You want it right there so you can pull it out when you want it and put it up. The worst thing about that is is our blessings is in our pockets too. Do you share your blessings? Do you open up about your blessings, what God's done for you? Do you talk about the Lord at all? Kenny talked about it the other week. I wasn't here last week. I'm sorry for that. I'm my mess and I apologize. Kenny talked about the other week, the blessing. I got a blessing this morning. I come to church, St. Kenny, St. Scott, St. Scott, St. Big C down here. I seen everybody here. See Lauren up there and Robert and Lori. I got a blessing just seeing all my friends I go to church with that there's here, that's faithful to come. We want our missions overseas. We don't want the missions to hit us right here square in the nose. We don't want nothing to do with missions right here. What is the mission right here? We want to cross the street to go see somebody. That's a mission. How many of y'all, since COVID has started, have went and seen your neighbor or called your neighbor or somebody that you go to church with? How many have you done it? How many have you not? I'm not talking about your close friends in here. I'm sure you've talked to your close friends. I'm talking about just somebody that goes to church and ain't your close friend. Have you contacted them? Have you worked on that mission any? We want to see the heart set free and the tired to kneel. But have you done anything to help that? 
Have you done anything to help the hearts be set free? Have you talked to anybody to get their hearts set free? We want the walls to fall down and our lands to be healed. It's got to start with us. It's got to start right here. We got to do that. We're the feet of Jesus Christ. We're the feet of the Holy Spirit here on earth. We have got to go out and do what they say to do. Pastors been preaching it. All the pastors has been preaching it. Do you go? No, we don't go. We come in here and we sit down for an hour or two hours on Sunday and we go home and we're good for a week. We'll give the Lord two hours here on Sunday as far as getting out. Now, you may have Bible studies and all that, but how many of you get out and do anything? And I'm talking about myself, too. Are you like a prodigal son's brother? I don't want to be the prodigal son's brother. This right here hit me like a ton of brick truck by. The prodigal son stayed home, stayed with his family, didn't do one stinking thing, just stayed there. He didn't do nothing. At least the prodigal son, he went. But he come back to the Savior. He come back to his family, all humble, humble. The prodigal son stayed home, didn't do nothing. Stuck his chest out and said, that's my daddy over there. That's our farm. We got everything in the world. But what was he doing? He wasn't doing nothing. He's just living in more sin and more sin. Are you one living more sin with your chest stuck out? You go to church every Sunday. You go to church every Wednesday night, but you ain't doing nothing. We come on Sunday morning. Ever since the first time I heard this song, there's been a saying in this song that really hit me home. And it, the rest of the song didn't really hit me. What if the church on Sunday was the church on Monday, was the church on Tuesday, was the church on Wednesday, all the way through the week? What if you showed that love all week long? What if you lived like it all week long? Everybody wants to throw off on everybody else. That's a big problem we got. Talk about somebody else. Before you start putting everybody else down and talking about everybody else, get in their shoes and walk that mile with them and see what they go through. You don't know what they've been through before you walk in their shoes. I'm a salesman, and I'm getting sale in the world. And one of the things I teach the younger ones that come in about it is when you walk in, five minutes before you walk in to call on an account and you talk to that person, they might be ill as a hornet when you walk in. You don't know what happened right before you walked in. You don't know what set them off. Don't take it personal. Go in with your objective. Try to make them feel comfortable. Just because they're upset when you get there, you don't know what happened. You're not there. So don't get to the defensive and jump on the defensive and start to start tying things. Just forget it and let it roll off your back. Don't talk about people. Build them up. You'd be surprised what it'll do for you in, in your own heart. Much less anybody else's heart in your own heart if you build people up. We are the people of Christ. And we're supposed to be the ones that's helping this world out. Are we helping them? Are we hindering Christ? The Holy Spirit wants to come. The Holy Spirit wants to be here. I don't know if you all understand the Trinity, but right now God and Jesus is in heaven and the Holy Spirit is on earth with us. A lot of people don't talk about the Holy Spirit no more, and I don't care. But I know who's here. The Holy Spirit's the one that talks to you all the time. You gotta want to talk to Jesus, and you gotta do it regularly for the Spirit to come in your body to know when He's talking to you. Surrender your pride and turn from your ways and do the God's work. 
It's got to start right here, right now, in your own hearts. I could say in our church, but our churches just end up with the people that's in the church. It's got to start right now, right here in our own hearts. If you want to get serious with God, invite the Holy Spirit into your life. And I'm going to pray and come to the altar if you feel challenged to come to the altar and surrender. We just talked about today, the last song that Andrew did was surrendering. That's when I about fell down because I told God here a year ago or two years ago that I wanted to surrender everything. And here I was about to pass up another chance because I was about to not come because I wouldn't surrender. Are you ready to surrender? Are you ready to surrender? Are you ready to start right now, right here, to do God's work? I'm going to pray. And if you feel like come and come, if you don't, that's fine too. But do a heart check and a soul check in your own souls. Lord, our Savior, God in heaven above. Lord, that you just be with us today. Lord, that you lift us up in everything we do, God. God, we're, just, we're human and we sin every day. But God, we want to do your work. Lord, give us the strength, give us the courage, give us the enthusiasm to want to do your work. God, let us talk to you, and Lord, let the Spirit come over us. Lord, and a good friend of mine, give me a double dose of that Spirit every day. Lord, let the Spirit come to me. Let the Spirit be all over me, God. Let the Spirit be on this church. Let the Spirit be with your people. God, help us to be right now for you. Help us to lift you up in everything we do, God. God, as a family, as a church, and as the people of you, Lord, that we will do everything that you asked us to do. Help us to be surrendering of our hearts and surrendering of our souls to follow you and everything do. I know we're going to fall short. We're going to because we're human. But, God, that we get back up and go right back after you and follow you through everything that we can follow. God, I don't want to be that prodigal son. I want to be the son that comes and chases you and be with you in everything that you do, God. Lord, just be with my church. Be with my people, Lord. Lift them up, God. In your precious name I pray. Amen. All right, I want to invite you to turn with me in your Bible to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. I think part of it's coming back in the monitor. In the first service this morning, my uh, the microphone messed up and didn't work, and we, we tried to switch it out, but we may have to use the handheld. What do you think? Ah, not too bad. All right. Everybody hear me? All right, good. So Acts chapter 9, if we have some issues with the mic, I'll just switch over to a handheld. Of course, now I've got to flip it off. Acts chapter 9, and we're going to begin in verse 31. I invite you to stand with me this morning in reverence to God's word as we read together. Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 31. The Bible says this, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now Peter went here and there among them, 
all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aninus, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aninus, Jesus heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the windows stood beside, all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. You may be seated. We found the church in the book of Acts both in times of struggle, in times of turmoil, in times of trial, and then we've also found them in times of peace. This is one particular incident where, or incident where we see that the church is at peace. It's one instance where, where they're not fighting against those who are coming against them. They're not being persecuted. They're not experiencing great difficulties. It's a time of peace. It may be that they're at peace because Saul, the great persecutor of the church, is now on their side. We remember that, that Paul was persecuting them and, and breathing out murder against the church. And then God saved him. Jesus saved him on that road to Damascus and transformed his life. And so it may be that with Saul no longer persecuting the church, there's a time of peace. It may also be that, that it was a political time of peace because of things happening in the world. The, the Roman Empire at, at one point came down very harshly around this time on the Jewish people. There was an attempt by, by Caesar to set up an idol in the temple and, and there, was great, there were great problems in Jerusalem because of that and, and fighting that took place. And so it may be that that's why the Jewish leaders are not persecuting the church at this time. Whatever the reason, it is a time of peace. And yet, in a time of peace, there was much for them to do. Peter is going here and there, going out and, and, and teaching and preaching. We find him healing and raising the dead. Much was to be done even during this time of peace. Peter ministers to the church, and during this time he raises them up. The church is raised up through his ministry and his preaching. The church at various points, had been down and stressed. 
But now times seem pretty good. However, whether it is a time of trial or a time of peace, the Lord has work for the church to do. Peace had come, but it did not mean that they would sit back and relax and look at the past, consider how good they were. Too often the church is tempted to do just that, to reflect upon what we have once done, what we used to do, and find all of our merit in that. We look back at the, the history of what has went on. It would have been easy here. We went through some trials and we went through some difficulties. So now that we're at peace, we need to sit back and, and reflect. But that's not what happens at all. Peter goes to and from. Here and there, verse 32 says, among them all. He knew there was much work to do. Peace came. But let's see how the church reacted when things were going well. And, and let me assure you that this is the reaction whether things are going well or things are going poorly. This is how the church must react if we are to do as God has called us to do. What do we see first? Verse 31. The church was raised up as they worshipped and followed the Spirit. The church was raised up as they worshipped and followed the Spirit. What do we know? We know that they are at peace. We know that they're being strengthened, or the ESV says built up. That, that good things are happening. And what is their reaction? The Bible says and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Spirit, it multiplied. What do we know? Walking in the fear. What does it mean, walking in the fear of the Lord? It means they worshipped correctly. They worshipped correctly. You say, well, I can, I, you, know, you can worship however you want. No, you can't. Sorry if someone's told you that, but we must worship correctly. How do we worship correctly? We worship correctly by putting God first and not ourselves. We worship correctly by putting God first and not ourselves. For much too long, the church has been more concerned about what they wanted or the one that blows my mind is the church has been way too concerned about what the world wanted and has not concerned itself with what God wants for us. What God wants for us. There's been a whole generation of the church where we have asked, well, what do lost people want? Friends, how can we ask what lost people want when it comes to worship? Lost people do not worship. Lost people do not worship God. I don't know if you realize that or not. If a lost person shows up, if you're lost this morning, and you have sang the songs and you really enjoyed them, you are not worshiping because you do not know the one to whom you are singing. Friends, you can be here this morning and if you're lost and you're listening to God's Word, 
Friends, I'm glad you're listening to God's Word, and God's Word can impact your heart, but you will never understand God's Word as long as you do not know the author of that Word. But the church here in Acts, in a time of peace, they are walking in the fear of the Lord. They are worshiping Him properly. They are worshiping Him in an orderly manner. They are worshiping Him, giving priority, first priority, only priority, to what God wants for them. So friends, we should not be asking ourselves when it comes to worship, well, what do I want? That's why so many churches have become like those in them. They look just like the people in them. Their priorities are just like the people in them. Their politics are like the people in them. The way they sing are just like the people in them. It's all about what the people in them want. Friends, worship is about what God wants from us. And they walk in the fear of the Lord and also they walk in the comfort of the Spirit. The church is raised up because not only do they worship Him by fearing the Lord, but they also follow the Spirit's leading. They don't follow their own desires. They don't follow what's most important to them. They follow the Spirit. They're comforted by the Spirit. The Spirit does not scare them, but rather the Spirit comforts them. The Spirit's desire for their life does not worry them, but it brings them great comfort. They were led by the Spirit and comforted by the Spirit. And then they are what? They're strengthened. They have peace. In the last two words of verse 31, it multiplied. Now today we get that backwards. We think it's most important to multiply and then to, to conform what the Spirit says and conform our worship to that thing that multiplies. But friends, the early church, their concern was to do what God said, to follow what the Spirit said, and He brought the multiplication. It's not the other way around. And we have lost sight of that. Again, there are whole industries in church growth that talk only about multiplying, but it does not matter how you get there. You do whatever it takes to multiply. Well, friends, that's only going to lead to problems. Because you're going to have to ever increase what you do to multiply. Whereas the early church was simply faithful and God multiplied them because they were faithful. It should remind us. How do we want to be raised up? How do we want God to raise up our church? Whether it's in a time of peace or a time of trial, we walk in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Spirit. That's when the church is raised up. But what happens from there? What happens when the church is raised up? Look at the second thing. Verse 32, Peter, he went here and there among them all. He came down to the saints who lived in Lydda, and he found this man. He found this man who literally had been stuck on his mat for eight years. He'd been stuck on his mat for eight years. And he comes to him... This man who is paralyzed, and he says, Aninus, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise, make your bed. 
And immediately the man rose. We see this theme throughout this entire text. Arise, rise, rose, risen. This phrase used over and over and over again. What do we see here? We see that when the church is being faithful, the hurting were raised up in the midst of their affliction. The hurting were raised up in the midst of their affliction. Paul is ministering to all of these churches. He's ministering to these saints. He goes to them. He finds this man who is hurting. He heals him in Jesus' name. And immediately, without delay, this man's life is changed. But friends, it doesn't stop there. Verse 35, And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. So what, what kind of progression has happened here? The people of God have ordered their worship where God is first. They have walked in the fear of the Lord. They have walked in the comfort of the Spirit. And then from that, someone who is hurting is raised up. Someone who is suffering is made whole. Friends, we can do a lot of good things, and they won't really matter. We've got the wealth in our church that we could go and we could help someone in their poverty, help lift them out. We could go to someone who is in need and we could fulfill that need. There are many organizations throughout our country and our community who do just that. They seek to, to lift people out of poverty, raise them up. They, they seek to, to raise up people out of, of, of being uneducated. They, they seek to educate people. They, they seek to, to raise them up out of, out of violent situations. Or they seek to, to raise them up out of some mental illness that they have. Many of them, and they do a good job in their fine organizations. But what is their starting point? Their starting point is the, the person who is suffering and hurting. They, they see a need and they go and they meet that need. But, but what does the church do? The church doesn't start by looking at some need that someone has and say, okay, we need to raise them up out of that. No, the starting point was they had orderly worship where they followed God with all of their heart. And then out of that flowed a desire to raise someone up out of their affliction. Out of, out of this reverent worship for God, this fear of the Lord. Then Peter goes, and he finds this man who is hurting. We don't know if this man was a Christian or not. It would seem like, from the context of, the, of our text here, that that would be the case, that he would have been one of the saints, but we don't know that. But Peter goes to him, and in Jesus' name, he raises him up. Jesus Christ heals you. Peter knew that he could not do this on his own. But Peter goes to him in Jesus' name. Friends, the, the world around us is hurting. And, and the world around us was hurting long before a virus came. That's only made it worse. And now people are struggling with their health and they're struggling with their jobs and they're struggling in their families and they're struggling with school and they've got all of these struggles. 
And out of these struggles, there are going to be myriads of people who will come and offer to help them get out. But friends, when we go to them, we go to them with truth and love and peace and mercy that can transform their life. Because the biggest transformation that takes place here when this man is healed is not this man who can get up and walk. But because Peter comes out of a faithful church and goes to a man who is hurting, he points many toward Christ. He pointed the whole town to Christ. In fact, he points two towns to Christ. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him talking about the man who was healed, and they turned to the Lord. The end result, the goal, was that people would know Christ. We see it here, we'll see it again in verse 42. That is what Peter desired. He did not simply heal this man so that he would be, he would be out of his affliction. He heals him so that people would know Christ. Friends, too many churches have decided we're going to help people around us, but we're not going to point them toward Christ. Well, friends, that's worthless. Because we've all seen the end, right? The man who is most wealthy in life, he will die. And he can't take it with him. The one who is poorest in life, he will die. And he had nothing to take with him. But they're both still dead. The difference is always knowing Christ. And it started not with some desire to help someone, but it was an outflow of walking in the fear of the Lord. That's where it all starts. Friends, there are plenty of people who desire to help others, but do not fear the Lord. But there is no one who walks in the fear of the Lord who does not desire to help those around him. If you say, I, I just have no desire to help other people, it's because you don't know Jesus. You say, well, no, no, I, I was baptized. No, it's because you don't know Jesus. Because in the time of peace, when the church followed Christ, when they walked in the fear of the Lord and they walked in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, Peter then naturally had to go here and there and reach people with the good news. We need to understand the greatest need that our community has right now is Jesus it is not that this virus would go away. And trust me, I just had it. It stinks. Some of you had it, and you were like, this is no big deal. But some of you have had it, and it was a rough time. But friend, the greatest need is still not that this virus would go away. The greatest need is not some political change in our community, in our culture, in our society. The biggest need is that people would know Jesus and we can reach people, people who are hurting if we are faithful to what God has called us to do. When the church is faithful, the hurting were raised up in the midst of their affliction. And then a third. Verses 36 through 42. The dead were raised to demonstrate the power of Jesus. The dead were raised to demonstrate the power of Jesus. What, what takes place? Well, 
Joppa. Uh, in Joppa, there's a disciple named Tabitha. What do we know about Tabitha? She was full of good works and acts of charity. Full of good works and acts of charity. This was a good lady. This was a lady who loved the Lord. Loved the Lord. She followed him. And now we're told that she has died. In those days, verse 37, she became ill and died. And when they washed her and laid her in the upper, or rather, when, and when she died, they washed her and laid her in the upper room. She is full of good works, but she dies. And since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men urging him, please come to us without delay. And what did Peter do? Peter rose. We got that word again. Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. And what does he find? He finds all the widows standing beside him, and they are weeping. This, this woman, Tabitha, whose, whose name means Dorcas, is, is loving people and caring for people, and they are there mourning because she has died. Now, very often when people died, they would hire mourners to come in, right? They would hire them to come in. Uh, we see that in Scripture. They would hire them, and, and they would mourn. They didn't really know the person, but they were professional mourners. We don't get that sense here. These people have, have token, they have gifts that she has given them in her ministry. And they are heartbroken. But Peter sends them out, and he kneels down and he prays. Many testified to her generosity, but Peter sent them all away. He prays, and he says, Tabitha, arise. She opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. The dead were raised when the church was being faithful. The dead were raised when the church was being faithful. I made a note in, in my sermon, one of the first notes I made as I was working on this message, and I asked this question. Do you live a life worthy of being resurrected? Now we know that in Christ, God is going to raise us up on the last day. But, but here's the question. Is your life today so important to the work of the kingdom that it's worth being resurrected? If you just drop off the map, the ground opens and swallows you up. Is it going to mess up the work that God is doing? And you say, well, God will bring somebody else and raise somebody else up. I, I know that. But I'm saying, would there be a hole in the work of the kingdom worthy enough of God raising you up to continue that work? Because apparently, there was a great need for this woman to be resurrected. Think about it. She's in heaven. It's a step down for her to come back. It's got to be the thought in her head, right? <laughs> wait, wait. Why? Why am I back here? 
But we read that this is a woman full of good works and acts of charity. People have showed up and they are weeping and showing Peter the things, these tunics and garments that she has made to win them to Christ. How do we know? Because at the end of verse 41 it says, Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Now remember before, Christians had been referred to as saints. But here... Luke, writing the book of Acts, separates saints and widows. Why? Because apparently she's not just hanging out with Christians. She is ministering to people who are lost. And now they're going to see her very much alive. In fact, in verse 42, it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed the Lord. The dead has been raised. The dead have been raised to demonstrate the power of Jesus. But if you're just reading this and you see one resurrection here, you are missing the point. Friends, he, he brought Tabitha back, but she died again. He brought Lazarus back, but he died again. But when the people of Joppa hear and they believe the Lord, they live forever. All of these people who were in darkness, who were much more dead than Tabitha ever was, because they were dead in their sin, they're resurrected. The dead are made alive through the work of Peter, which was the overflow of the church walking in the fear of the Lord. Friends, when you go out from this place today, you're going to encounter person after person who is a dead man or a dead woman walking. They are as dead as any corpse, in any grave, in any cemetery, in any part of the world. And many of them don't even realize they are dead. And yet, the church of Jesus Christ, when she walks in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, she is sent out to raise the dead to demonstrate the power of Jesus. Friends, I don't believe this morning that you and I have the ability to walk up and call dead people to life. And anybody that says they do, they should go to the hospitals and they should demonstrate it, and I will be more than glad to believe it. But until they do, I don't believe that God has given us that ability today. But He has certainly given the ability to His church to speak words of life into the ears of dead men and dead women and call them to life. And if that is not what we are about, then we are wasting our time. If we are not calling sinners to repent and the dead to life, the, the, those who walk in darkness, calling them to light, we are missing the point of what God has called us to do. The church is at peace in Acts chapter 9. They're at peace in verse 31. They would not stay in peace for long. They would go back into a time of trial. But their mission would not change. They were to walk in the fear of the Lord, in the comfort of the Spirit, going to those who are hurting, going to those who are dead, 
and giving them, offering them, calling them to life. Friends, that's why we exist. That's why we are here this morning. We are called this morning to demonstrate in our worship that we are walking in the fear of the Lord, to do so tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and every day that the Lord gives us. We are called to walk in the fear of the Lord, following His purpose and His plan, not our own and certainly not the world's, but following Him and Him alone because He has called us to lift up the world toward light. The Lord is at work in His church. And He lifts us up through our worship. He lifts us up through His Word. He lifts us up through His Spirit. The purpose of us being lifted up is that others might be lifted up as well. Friends, we, we bought in too long to the, this idea that the church is for us. It's all about what we get. It's all about what we get. It's all about what the church can do for us. It's all about what the church can say for us. It's all about how the church makes us feel. Friends, the church is God's. We belong to Him. We're His. It's His church. And He's called us to lift up those who are hurting in the name of Jesus. He's called us to lift up those who are dead in the name of Jesus. He's called us to lift Him up, which means He lifts us up, and then we can lift others up. And it begins with our obedience in worship, but it does not end until the dead have come to life. If we are obedient to Him, if we are obedient to His Word, if we are comforted and follow His Spirit, it will not stop there, but it will continue until the dead come to life. Friends, it's time for us to stop. Stop worrying about what the world wants. It's time for us to stop worrying about our preferences and our desires. It is time for us to put God first. To place Him as Lord of our life. Lord of our family, Lord of our church. And in doing so, trust that He will lift us up, that He will multiply His Word, and that through His ministry, His ministry through us, we will lift up those who are hurting, and we will lift up those who are dead. We will see them come to life. So I want to challenge you with this. Whether you think it's a time of peace for the church or a time of turmoil, our mission has not changed. Are you walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of His Spirit? Is that you this morning? Is that the desire of your heart? That your passion is to, to walk in the fear of the Lord, reverent before Him, doing what He has called you to do? Is that you? Is that your purpose? Do you walk in the comfort of His Spirit? Knowing that you don't have to worry about what the world wants or thinks, but comforted by what God has said. 
If you do, let me promise you this, church, God will guide our way. And he will use us to lift up those who are hurting. And he will use us to lift up those who are dead. And we will see them come to life. Are you walking in the fear of the Lord this morning? Is your worship worthy of the God who made you? If not, it's time to set all of those things aside, all of those notions aside, all of those preferences aside, and worship Him and Him alone. Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your grace. We thank You for Your truth, Your love, and Your power. We thank You that You love us and care for us, that You've given us hope that is beyond any measure of hope we could ever have on our own. God, I pray for us, for our church, for each person here, that we would walk in in reverent fear of who You are. Understanding our place as sinners and Your place as a righteous and holy Creator who has made us. God, would we set aside preferences, selfish priorities, and worship You and You alone. God, I pray if that's not the case in our life, that you would crush us until we have nothing but you left. Because we know that what you have for us is more important than anything else, than any other priority, than any other goal, than any other mission. What you have for us is to lift up those who are hurting so that they might know you. Lift up those who are dead in sin so they might walk in new life. God, help us to follow you and you alone. We pray this morning in Christ's name. Amen. I want to invite you to stand as we sing a a final song this morning. I would encourage you with this. Respond to God's word. The church, the church walked in the fear of the Lord. The church walked in the comfort of the Spirit. Friends, if if you're not doing that in your life, you should not expect that you're living the life that God intends for you. Many don't want to do that. They they simply don't want to follow after God. They don't want to walk in fear of the Lord. They just want to to have church or they want to come and, and whatever you call their worship. Friends, our calling is to walk in the fear of the Lord. And to do so to His glory, for His purpose. Friends, if that's not you this morning, would you cry out to God, God, help me. God, help me. I'm not where I need to be. Because our God is gracious. He never leaves us or forsakes us. But He has a purpose for you. Are you living up to that purpose? If not, today is the day to begin to walk in the fear of the Lord. Walk in the comfort of the Spirit and see if He will not use you to raise up those who are dead. Would you respond to His word as we sing together?
want to thank you for coming to worship this morning, and I hope as we, we go from this place that we would remember that our, our worship continued. The church, day in and day out, walked in the fear of the Lord. We have a calling to do that each and every day. But as we do that, we need to know the Lord is going to impress upon our heart that there are people who are hurting. People out there in the world, people who do not know Christ, who are hurting. But we know them. God knows them. And we have an opportunity to minister to them. We minister to one another, and, and that shows the world who we are and, and what we believe and what we stand for. But we also remember there are a lot of people who are lost. And God has called us to them. Not, not somebody else, not just the, the preacher, one of the pastors, or your deacon. God has called every one of us to those who are far from Him. And we, we are light in an increasingly darkening world. And we must not miss the opportunities we have to share the good news with those who need it. Because they don't know Christ, but we do. And He has sent us to them. And so as you want to walk in the fear of the Lord, don't miss seeing those who walk in darkness. Because God has called you to them. You say, I don't know if, if that, this, I don't know if I'm supposed to minister. Yes, you are. I'll tell you, if they're lost, if they're hurting, God has called you to them. That's easy enough. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to open up your Bible. God has called you to them. Let's go. Walking in the fear of the Lord. Seeking those who are in darkness. I want to pray for us. And we'll be dismissed as we are. If you're an adult, Sunday school is in here, um, and I hope you'll stay uh, for Sunday school, and then our kids and uh, um, uh, youth Sunday schools will be in their room. So let's pray, and we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and peace. We thank you that you love us, that you care for us. We thank you that you have given us hope, and we pray that as we go, we would walk in a manner worthy of the calling you've placed on our lives. We'd walk seeking out those in darkness. Leading guide us as we go. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.